Tiergarten, a poem by David Lindert. Carefree whisper, talented fister, syphilis <laughs> blister, without own opinion, jobless mister, darkroom companion, heavy pierced hammer, Burger King Lou slammer, wild fawns and basic labels, collecting loads on the table. Tiergarten Don, tell me your fable. Wow. Yeah, that's from the new issue of uh, Butt Magazine. Classic uh, <laughs> home of gayness. Gay gay stuff. Excellent. Classic gay publication. Um, well, welcome back to the Raincoat Report, <laughs> home of uh, avant-garde poetry. Yes, uh, that's what we're mostly known for. Yeah. I'd like to be a Burger King Lou slammer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like fun uh, that guy wrote a poem about it and so did humpty hump he once got busy in a burger king bathroom oh yeah 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 i'm gonna go to burger king after we're done recording <laughs> and see what what's going on in there well uh, i'm sure that the burger king nearby would be quite a collection of individuals okay i'm gonna have it my way <laughs> wait is that their slogan yeah. yes okay yeah, I'm going to have it my way. Um, what are we doing? Um, what are we doing here? We're talking about different places we can go to get a hot lunch. Oh, excellent. Like Bur Burger King. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our new sponsor, Burger King. <laughs> Do um, you want a frame... A frame... <laughs> shit. <laughs> They're not going to sponsor us like that. Do you want a flame broiled burger but you don't want it to taste that great yeah burger king is the place for you do you want a mysterious item called chicken fries that have the consistency of leather straps <laughs> burger king do you want to go inside to eat your meal but also have something mysterious dripping from the ceiling onto your table burger king <laughs> Presumably, that never happened to me, but uh, that sounds be terrible. I remember there was a period of like a month where I went to Burger King several times, uh, like on lunch from my work, mm -hmm. and I went inside because uh, I was going to lunch with a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember walking up to the counter a couple times, and the person at the counter just stared at me until I started talking. Like, they didn't give me the, hel <laughs> the hello, or oh, can God. I take your order? Oh, <laughs> I laughed and had to swallow everything so I didn't spit it out, and it really burned because it was just whiskey. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> it's really unsettling when you just walk up to the counter and they just stare at you. Yeah. So yeah, that's the sort of service that you can expect at Burger King. Where you, when you're here, you're not family. Yeah, that's the kind of service you can expect from our podcast from now on. <laughs> now that we're sponsored by Burger King. So if you want future episodes to start, you're going to have to initiate it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, in the meantime, let's talk about a different way to get a hot lunch. For example... The film directed by John Hayes, titled Hot Lunch, from 1978. John Hayes is an interesting fellow. Uh, we haven't covered any of his films on the podcast yet. Mm -mm. 
Uh, but I've seen at least a couple, if not a few, of his films. Um, he did a film titled Baby Rosemary, which is interesting. We've talked about covering it, but we didn't actually Yeah, we it. didn't get to it yet. Uh, maybe, the, maybe this year. Um, I've seen a couple of his non-pornographic films. He did one called The Hang-Up, which was a weird exploitation film. He did one called Dream No Evil that I've seen as well. Okay. Um, and he is an interesting director. I'll okay. just leave it at that. <laughs> okay, yeah. He's also, he did The Cutthroats. Yeah. Did a couple, I haven't seen that one, but I've uh, heard of it. Okay, okay. But uh, It's John Hayes. Yes, so this 1978 film stars John Martin as Andrew. Mm -hmm. um, it also has appearances by Christine DeShafer, who you may remember from Hot and Saucy Pizza Girls. I do. She's. Uh, I watched it again last week. Great yeah. film. It's an all-time classic. It really is. Uh, I could watch it again and again. <laughs> and I probably will. Yes. Uh, oh. We also have uh, Desiree Cousteau in a somewhat small part. Also, Hot and Saucy Pizza Girls. Yes, indeed. Bridget uh, Olson and uh, Sharon Kane, Juliet Anderson, several other people. John Hayes himself appears in an uncredited role as a cop. Okay, that was him. Uh, but yeah, so... Oh, John Hayes also did an episode of uh, Tales from the Dark Side. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he had quite a wide range of uh, stuff. Yeah, he was... was he's out there. He's out he, there, man. Yeah. So Hot Lunch starts with uh, a diner with a hot lunch sign in the window, which made me think that the whole film would be based around this diner. But it, in fact, was a swerve for a lot of other things going on in the life of Andrew, John Martin's character. Yeah, and John Martin we've seen before, I think primarily in The Thousand and One Erotic Nights, where I remark that he looks like uh, Barney Rubble a little bit. <laughs> and uh, it holds true. Yes. It, he gets to play the lead in this, and uh, he's pretty good. Yeah. I, I enjoy him. He's been in a few other things. He was in Pretty Peaches 3. Okay. Um, he was in a lot of other stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's one of the, the greats. Most recently, he was in Heavenly Desire as Charles. Oh, yeah, he was there last week. Yeah. Or the week before, sorry. He was in the Ribald Tales of Canterbury. Yeah, he was, I think, the knight. Yep. yep. I watched that. I also rewatched that last week. I rewatched a bunch of the ones that we had covered to see if uh, they still held up. And guess what? It feels good to be right. He's in uh, May Lynn versus Serena, which we brought up last week. Yeah. Uh, Indecent Exposure. He was, he's been in a lot of stuff in uh, fairly small roles, uh, but this might be the first one we've covered where he was the lead. And... Uh, the lead he is. <laughs> yes. But yeah, this is a fun little film, and uh, we will talk about it today. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to add about Hot Lunch before we dig into it? My favorite Hot Lunch, hot ham and cheese. <laughs> Real simple. Sla slice of ham, 
piece of American cheese, bun, wrap it up in some tinfoil, and it's hot. All right. Well. <laughs> oh, wait. Hold on. I have a confession. Okay. I broke the microwave at work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Did you wrap up a hot ham and cheese sandwich in, in foil and put it in the microwave? Basically, it was a roast beef. Um, and I just, I forgot to take the foil off and it was in the bag and I set it for like, <laughs> you, know, you know, like a minute or so. And I was like, I'll, you know, I was like, I'll go clock out. I'll come back. It'll all be perfectly timed out. <laughs> I came back and there was a, a little bit of a fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got a crazy work microwave story for you. It didn't involve me. Well, uh, the story's not done. Quite oh, okay. Yet. Sorry. Okay. There's go. a little bit of a fire. Uh, they had like a guard at the top of the microwave, I guess like a splatter guard type thing. Uh-huh. Uh, that's made of plastic and the flames were melting it. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to disconnect it and like the big like glass platter that everything sits on and carry it all over to the uh, sink and just kind of put it out. Uh, but, but my sandwich is untouched. And perfectly warm. <laughs> so at the end of the day, things kind of worked out for you. Yeah, I was hungry and I got to eat a roast beef and I broke the microwave and I didn't tell anyone. <laughs> oh, shit. They brought it up in a meeting this week that it had broke. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> oh, was that the only microwave in there? No, we have two. Okay, well, so at least there's I, I a backup. I haven't rendered us completely incapacitated, but, uh, oh boy. Yeah, maybe you should make <laughs> sure there's no foil next time you uh, heat up a sandwich in there. I've learned my lesson. Excellent. If you want a hot lunch, you gotta break a few microwaves. <laughs> um, there was a employee at my work some years ago who uh, came into the building after uh, having gone through a whole lot of uh, very heavy rain. Yes. And his plan, in order to uh, dry off a bit, was to put his socks in the microwave to heat them up and dry them. Okay. Uh, he... Not completely unsound in my <laughs> mind. Uh, I probably wouldn't do it, but if someone said they did it, I'd be like, okay. Well, I feel like uh, when it's a shared microwave, you probably shouldn't do it. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I, didn't, um, I don't think about that aspect. I think that there may have been some level of disciplinary action taken because <laughs> of that. <laughs> it was just such a weird story to me. Did it create like a smell or a smoke or did someone... Uh, I don't know the details to that level. Okay. I just know that the person did it and got in trouble for it. <laughs> well, system works. I guess so. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. Yeah, we'll, we'll take a quick break. We'll see what we can stuff in my microwave, and yeah. then we'll be back to share what our hot lunch today is going to be. More microwave crime <laughs> coming up next. You're fired, you fucking asshole.
we're doing the Burger King thing. Don't say anything. Okay, someone said something. All right. <laughs> Hello. Uh, yes, so we're back on the Raincoat Report to talk about hot lunch. So uh, put on your bib. Let's dig into this hot lunch. You wear a bib? Uh, yes, for my hot lunches. Otherwise, I just get stains all over my shirt. Remember when I used to work near you and sometimes I would like, my home was like near, I could access like my parents' home uh, from the parking lot. Yeah. And sometimes you would just see me and I would just wave at you because you would just be sitting in your car alone (laughs) crying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, on lunch I like to sit in my car. I understand. I don't want to be around or talk to anybody. Yeah, sometimes if I sit in the break room, somebody tries to talk to me. Yeah, I'm and not... usually it's well-meaning, but I just I don't have any patience for it. I understand. <laughs> so that's how we enjoy our hot lunches alone. Yes. But today we're gonna we're gonna break our fast together. Yes. Is there someone at the door? Let me look at something real quick. Is there a terrorist at the door? I don't think so. Okay. Oh, we're back again. Bosses. Um hallucinating more or less yeah it's a good way to live life he's creating powerful (laughs) fantasies of men drilling holes in his wall while he sleeps yeah you know the sort of paranoia that's totally healthy and (laughs) not a problem uh okay so hot lunch opens with a bunch of shots of 42nd street ish streets theaters and arcades we see a man leaving an establishment with a hot lunch sign in the window. He gets in a car with a woman and they start to make out. We then see another couple walk out of the building and they stop and stare at the couple making out in the car. We see the woman in the car, her foot sticks out of the car window as uh, another couple is eating and watching. As they finish eating, the couple watching starts making out. And then some fat old dudes show up to Oogle. They throw up some okay signs at one another. Hopefully just to mean okay. I think so. Um, This is a scene is surreal. (laughs) It's a very powerful way to start a movie. Uh, Another woman shows up to watch as she's eating ice cream. Which is not a hot lunch. No, it's in fact a cold lunch. Uh, One would say... Perhaps it's a treat and not a lunch at all? I would say ice cream. Definitely a treat. Don't have it for lunch every day. Yeah, you can have it as a lunch. Lunch is what you make it, really. Lunch is what you make it, but... But uh, you shouldn't eat it regularly as lunch. It's not good for you. Yeah, don't have lunch every day. (laughs) Don't have ice cream lunch every day. Okay, that's fair. A guy comes up behind the ice cream lady and stares at her. She walks over to the window of the diner and looks at the menu on the window. Chili, 69 cents. (laughs) The guy approaches her from behind, and then he exposes himself to her, throwing open his raincoat. Oh, excellent. (laughs) Uh, He did not forget his raincoat. No, let him be an example to you all. Uh, She doesn't react at first, and then she swings an umbrella, whacking him in the dick. (laughs) Uh, The guy and woman who are in the car get out, and everybody claps for them. 
This reminds me of one of the first times I had sex with my girlfriend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you told this story before? I don't know if I did. On if... the podcast? I know you've told a, a Mike story before, but go ahead. I will not interrupt you. Uh, so I've me... definitely heard it, but I want everyone should hear it. Well, there's not much to the story. It's just that me and my girlfriend had loud sex in my room back when I had a bunch of roommates. And then mm-hmm. when I came out of the bedroom... Uh, I was greeted with a round of applause. I bet that feels uh, both good and embarrassing. Yeah, that's about right. It's a mixture of uh, <laughs> a mixture of pride and uh, shame. Yes. Uh, the way I live my life. Yeah. <laughs> Sticking to the shadows. Go on. We see the guy in the raincoat run down the street as the credits kick in. We then get a close-up of the diner window as another guy pulls up with the, uh, of course, the hot lunch sign in the window. Uh, this guy who pulls up is Andrew. and uh, John Martin. John Martin, that's right. He's pulling up in his truck. He's there with, is it Lisa, I believe? Eunice. Yes. Eunice. No... No? No. He's not with Eunice. Eunice works there. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. No, it is Dorothy Smite, who is Lisa. Yes. Okay. At least according to the Internet Adult Film Database, it's Lisa. So, anyway, Lisa, assuming that this is Lisa. (laughs) I'm going to go with Um, Lisa. Lisa is Andrew's wife. Yes. And uh, they're apparently fairly newlywed, and they used to live in the country, but now live in the city. Mm-hmm. And Andrew is uh, trying to get settled with a new job, and his new job right now is working at this diner. Yeah. He has a dishwashing gig that he wears a suit to. Yes, he does. Uh, he tells uh, Lisa that she can go back to the apartment. He also assures her that he'll get a decent job soon, but she says as long as they don't have to go back to that old dairy farm, they'll be fine. So he then walks into the diner, and we get introduced to the woman at the counter, who is... Eunice. Rita, played by Bonnie Holiday. I don't know anyone's name. (laughs) Um, So, uh, Rita... Lovely Rita, meet a maid. You know that one? Yeah. It's a beetle. It's a beetle, in fact, yes. Uh, Rita tells him to go back and wash some dishes. This is, again, apparently his first day of work. Uh, But Rita's also yelling at this guy at the counter who's uh, apparently a pimp. Rita's yelling about some woman being low class uh, and a cunt. But the whole situation's odd because the pimp guy's trying to use the phone and talk to somebody at the same time. Uh, but apparently, like, the the impression that I got, and I couldn't make out what everybody was saying, but the impression that I got is one of this pimp's prostitutes works at the diner as well, and there's some sort of conflict about uh, when she's going to be working at the diner versus doing her hoe work. Okay. That's the impression I got, at least. Okay, I thought it was... I don't think I... I must have missed, because it was pretty pretty garbled uh, streams of speech. 
I assume that this was a uh, hot and saucy pizza girls type establishment where they right. was they were just running kind of like a prostitution racket out of a restaurant. But uh, it's not. I think you're on the right track. I think it's a, just a labor dispute. Yes. Between two bosses to decide who's going to exploit who when. Exactly. Yeah. So. It's it's fine. At this point, a woman comes in yelling about a cop who demanded a blowjob to not take her in. But uh, she says that she ended up punching him and running off, so now No, no, no. She stabbed him with a hat pin in the nose. Really? That's what I heard. Okay, you're probably right. She got him with a hat pin. They're long and they're sharp. Okay, so... uh, You don't wear a hat, you don't know. I've never used a hat pin in my life, no. I used to sometimes I would wear a hat, but I don't have the head for it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, she says that the cop's going to kill her if, she, if he catches her. So this is Eunice. Okay, fine. And so... And notice in the credits they spell it U-N-I-S. Yes. Not in like the way you'd expect, like E-U-N-I-C-E. Right. Which makes her sound like more of like ancient like Mesopotamian like deity or something <laughs> like that. Uh, so Eunice talks to Andrew, and she notes that her usual street price is twenty five, but she likes him, so she'll give him the super deluxe package for only fifteen. Rita starts to yell at Eunice, and they get in a hair pulling scuffle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Rita calls her garbage as they're doing this. <laughs> then they say they love each other and start to make out, <laughs> and they end up falling to the floor of the kitchen as they caress one another. Mm-hmm. Rolling around on those little rubber mats with the holes in them. Meanwhile, the pimp's just reading the paper out of the counter, and Andrew's looking around confused. We see the women undressing on the kitchen floor as they're making out and grinding against each other. And it's at this point that the cop comes in with a bandage on his nose. He silently looks around the place, and we see the girls, meanwhile, on the floor of the kitchen, 69ing. The cop sits down at the counter, and Andrew asks if he can help him. The cop looks at the menu and orders a hamburger. Simple order. So Andrew goes back into the kitchen, and apparently he's going to cook now. Yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, he's the only one who can do it. <laughs> yeah, no one else is working. And uh, they probably want to hide Eunice as well. Because uh, so. this cop has a bandage on his nose that I assume is from this hairpin incident. Yes. Andrew is in the kitchen trying to step around the ladies on the floor who are 69ing and uh, cook a hamburger. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Buster Keaton film. Meanwhile, we cut away... And we see a couple of uh, 70s rock dudes following a woman into an apartment, which I didn't catch at first, is actually Lisa, Andrew's wife. Yep, and they live in an apartment without walls. (laughs) Yeah, there's like wooden framing for walls. Yeah, they just haven't hung up any of the drywall yet. They're just living with the studs and wood exposed. Yeah, the... Guys complain about the apartment for a moment, but she puts on a record and they all start dancing. Yeah. Eunice starts to fuck... Oh, wait. (laughs) This isn't Rita. This is... Tony is the boss of the diner. God damn it. Okay. (laughs) 
Yes. So this is Juliet Anderson is Tony. Okay. So the you boss were wrong. of the diner. Okay. I, you were wrong and I was wrong. We were both wrong. I knew it was Juliet Anderson, who was also in our first episode, Dixie Ray Hollywood star. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Eunice is Sharon Kane. Mm hmm. Uh, so, yeah. All that I said up to this point was wrong as far as who Rita was, because Rita has not been in the film yet. I did my Beatle bit, and there was no reason to do it yet. <laughs> Damn it. When you bring her up, I'm going to have to do it again. You're going to have to figure out which one you want to keep and which one you want to cut. Uh, we'll figure it out. Lovely I'll probably leave them all in. Rita, meet her <laughs> mate. Yeah, just leave them all in. This is what we get for drinking Jameson while we're doing this. It's great. Uh, <laughs> I feel like lately, like the beers have been making me feel like real heavy and like sluggish about like the time we get into this part of like the second episode. But uh, I'm not feeling that at all. Yeah, I feel. Uh, I want to talk. Excellent. I'm, that's where the Irish drink it. They're great talkers. The Irish. So did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Okay. So Eunice starts fucking Tony with something on the floor. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe like a thermometer or a baster or it's something? It's definitely a baster because my okay. note is someone's about to get basted. <laughs> <laughs> Plus it's a kitchen. Right. You got a baster. Well, there are other instruments they use here. But baster? Uh, I barely knew her. <laughs> I barely know her. Andrew gets the burger and serves it to the cop. Tony then uses the handle of a wooden spoon to fuck Eunice a bit. Uh, Eunice has a bottle brush, which thankfully is only used to briefly brush her pubes. Excellent. Good. Uh, they then pull out a rolling pin, and each one of them starts to fuck uh, the handles on either side of them. Yeah, and it creates a powerful double dildo style effect. Indeed. They're moaning kind of hard, but the cop doesn't seem to hear them, although Andrew clearly does. Well, Andrew turned on some music when the cop came in, too, to uh, disguise the sound uh, of uh, fuckery. I didn't catch that. Well, that's why you got me. That's why it's not just you. <laughs> that's right. Andrew continues to clean some dishes and peeks over at the ladies as he's doing it. Tony's holding open her vagina, and Eunice starts to lick <laughs> Tony's clit. Then Eunice bends over and Tony starts to lick her asshole. The cop then leaves. He ate pretty fast. He says it was delicious, though, and walks out the door. We see more ass eating. And then Andrew drops a dish on his way back into the kitchen. And Tony tells him, you're fired, asshole. Yep. And that was quick. <laughs> and that's a wrap on Hot Lunch. We'll see you all next week. <laughs> We cut back to the uh, wallless apartment where the two hip rock dudes and Lisa are dancing around. Yeah. One of the dudes is playing bass seemingly along with the record that's playing. Yeah, he, I don't know. Maybe he's just like improving bass lines to go along with it. But yeah, he is just kind of lightly, sprightly dancing about playing bass lines. <laughs> uh, yeah, the other guy's just dancing around with Lisa. Um, the guys don't actually have names in the credits. They're just uh, Lisa's guy with mustache and Lisa's guy with beard. Okay. <laughs> uh, one is Bob Bernharding, and the other one is Ray Wells. I love Ray Wells. I love Ray Wise. 
Me too. What if Ray Wise was uh, just improving bass lines for us? That'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> we see Andrews sadly putting his coat on to leave the diner. And we cut back and Lisa is naked with these guys. The guy with the mustache is sitting naked with the bass and playing it. And the bearded guy is blowing a fog machine around the room. Yeah, these guys, like, she just got them, like, right off, like, their tour bus. Right. And they just brought stuff from, um, like, their stage set. <laughs> they couldn't fit the uh, giant Dio-style dragon into the apartment. <laughs> or, trust me, it would be there. I'm sure. <laughs> the guy playing bass starts to get blown by Lisa. Then we cut from that to the bearded guy fucking Lisa while the bass guy's fucking her mouth. For a moment when um, she's blowing mustache, it kind of looks like she's blowing Frank Zappa. (laughs) Just for a moment. We then see them both stroking above her head, and through the smoke we see one of them come on her face while the other one's just stroking his floppy dick. Then Andrew walks through the door, finding Lisa with cum all over her face. One of the guys says, you must be the dishwasher. Andrew says he can't believe it, but Lisa says he better believe it. And she yells at him with cum on her face. Right. She says, I'm getting a divorce and you're going to pay for it through the nose because you're a schmuck, a fucking schmuck. With, yes, cum all over her face. It's, uh, man, I love it. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) We then cut to Andrew, who is walking down the street talking to Luana, who we don't really get introduced to until later. Yeah, she's kind of here. She's his uh, lawyer, more or less. More or less, although it seems like he can't afford to actually hire her. Yeah. She's just giving him uh, pro bono legal advice. Yeah, I assume it's just uh, he just approached her on the street because he saw her coming out of a courthouse and was like, that must... She looks loyal. She looks loyal. She looks lawyer, lawyerly. Lawyerly. <laughs> she looks lawyerly. It's a hard word to pronounce with Jameson in your brain. I think it's. Is it even a word? Lawyerly. Lawyerly. Probably Law- not. Lawfully. Lawfully wedded. Lawyerly. Bedded. Bedded. Yes. Yeah, I've been lawfully wedded, but lawyerly bedded. I'm really getting <laughs> fucked in divorce court. Oh yeah. No, I'm not. But uh, John Martin is. Yes. He's barely got any money. I think he says the amount, and it's repeated later. But it's like four dollars and eight cents or something. He has, he has four singles, a nickel, and three pennies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it. Before I came over, so it's all, it's pretty fresh. Gotcha. Even with the uh, the Irish curse. <laughs> the Irish curse. Uh, he's been wearing the same clothes for 10 days and he's living in his truck. Luana assures him that a judge won't give Lisa much since they weren't married for long. I feel like, I don't know if it's still like a thing, but... I feel like he has just cause not to have to support her based on her like obvious adulterous actions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's probably how it works. Yeah, like uh, like she yelled at me and she had come dripping <laughs> off her chin, Your Honor. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> and the John John or he goes case dismissed. Yeah. <laughs> 
We then see Andrew, who's starting his first day at his new job. He's in a building getting shooed away by Miss Hathaway's assistant, but as that's happening, Miss Hathaway herself hears the commotion and asks what's going on. Andrew is selling good earth encyclopedias. He mentions he was just trained this morning. Miss Hathaway's clearly not very interested, but she tells him that he has two minutes, but she can't stop what she's doing, so he'll have to follow her around. She's going around checking on barrels, and uh, so she stops a moment after she's been doing this for a minute to look at him. He then opens his briefcase and all of his stuff falls out. Yes, and then in a very brutal scene, he slowly picks everything up (laughs) while she just looks at him. Right, she doesn't bother to help, but also she's not like going back to work or anything. She's just staring at him as he tries to pick everything up. Afterwards, he begins his sales spiel, but he also apparently knocked over a coffee, which goes everywhere. Yeah, um, he like had picked up and like shook a like a thermos or something, so maybe oh, like the okay. coffee part had broke. I've never used a thermos. I just okay. use a little, if I get coffee at work, I just use a little cup. Yeah. And uh, a coffee maker broke, but I don't think it was my fault. <laughs> but we have a Keurig too, so I've just been using that. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm just wrecking the environment. Andrew finally gives up at this point, looking sullen, and tells her that he's sorry for wasting her time. But Miss Hathaway tells him to wait for a moment and notes that he got coffee all over his jacket, so she takes his jacket from him and starts to wipe it off. She notes salesmen come here every day with their slick sales methods, but she can tell he's different. And then she tells him, she wants his balls. Yeah. She is so impressed by his sad sack act that she's like, I need to suck your balls immediately. Right. Which, uh, I've never found that to work. No, no. I've lived my entire life as a sad sack. <laughs> and this has never happened to me. Yeah. So, I fucking launched a case of uh, teeth across the room the other day by accident. <laughs> and no one sucked my dick. So... This movie isn't realistic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Miss Hathaway gets down on her knees and uh, pulls out his balls. And at first, just his balls. Yeah, just I was like, oh wow, she's just she just wants the balls. Yep, she licks them and says that he has such noble balls. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's been wearing these clothes for ten days. I don't know how good his balls smell or taste at this point. Yeah, Uh, maybe he's showering. I hope. I don't know. Hopefully. She rubs the balls on her face a bit, and finally she pulls out his cock, too, and starts to suck it. Uh, She continues, however, to pay close attention to keep working on his balls. And this is one of those um, sex scenes in porn where there's no music. Yeah. There's just the sound of uh, crackling the whole time. (laughs) I don't quite know why. I don't know if it was my TV or what, but uh, there's no music. She stands up and pulls her skirt up and pulls down her panties. She then lays back on top of a barrel and starts to play with herself a bit. And Andrew walks up and starts to fuck her. She pretty much immediately says she's coming and moans hard. Yeah. And he keeps fucking away slowly but steadily. 
They sit up and undress more, and she then bends over in front of him, and he starts to fuck her doggy style. And she comes again. Yes, as we get a penetration shot from behind. He then pulls the blanket off of a desk nearby, which throws everything that was on top of it onto the floor. And then he lays the blanket on the floor and starts to fuck Miss Hathaway on the floor. First missionary, and then doggy for some anal, apparently. Yeah. Well, she'd come a lot already, so it was time to uh, move on to another hole. (laughs) That's right. So, uh, after a minute, he pulls out and comes on her ass. She then tells him that she's a buyer for a chain of liquor stores, and if he can come by once a week, she'll see how many encyclopedias she can buy to sell in the liquor stores. How many? What? Andrew notes it's weird to sell encyclopedias in liquor stores. Thank God. Okay. She says... There's There's something rational going on here. Thank God. She says she can give them away. Who cares? So he agrees. It's at this point that we get introduced to Gloria who is uh, played... Is that Bridget Olson? Yes, who's played by Bridget Olson. She's driving around the countryside. We hear her inner monologue, noting that her best salesman couldn't sell to Miss Hathaway, but this guy did it on his first try. She's very impressed by this. She then pulls over on the side of the road and gets out of her car and starts to yell out for Andrew. There's no sign of him. There's, in fact, nobody around. She then gets back in her car and drives a bit more, and in her inner monologue, she says that she'll sign him to an exclusive contract, noting that she has a good body and will use it if she needs to. This is something that's uh, it's kind of rare in film, where you get someone's inner monologue. Yeah. The only other one I can think of off the top of my head is uh, David Lynch's Dune, where <laughs> there are a lot of inner monologues going on. Um, so this film, I'm going to say it, Lynchian. (laughs) We see Gloria pull over again and she starts to holler for Andrew again. We see him out in the trees. He yells out answering her. Yeah, he's out spearfishing, it looks like. Yeah, he's just standing in the middle of a bunch of trees with a spear with a fish on the end of it. Yeah, I guess he got done spearfishing. He is living, I guess, on public lands (laughs) and just spearing fish out of a creek. Yeah, she notes that he didn't have an address, just a highway number, and that it was north of the lake. Yeah. He explains that that's all he could afford right now. She offers him a senior sales position and says that he shouldn't have to be knocking on doors. Now they'll deal with him by appointment. So he's not like a pyramid scheme, it seems like. Well, especially at this point where she talks about how he's been making 10% on commissions, but he'll now be making 5% due to the high volume of sales in his position. And she'll take the other five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it, but it's a scam, bro. Yes, it is. He's Uh, just a simple country bumpkin. (laughs) He uh, sits down to start to read the paperwork and... Her inner monologue we hear again. She says he's not going to sign it, and she's going to have to use her body. So she sits down next to Andrew and slides up her dress to reveal her legs. Then she pulls off her panties and uh, starts to present her vagina to him, and she starts to stick her fingers in as he's watching. 
She rubs her fingers on her face and says she loves the smell of her cunt. Don't we all? (laughs) He then gets up, and then we cut to him fucking her in missionary as she's moaning and screaming. She says, give me your cock. And uh, he ends up pulling out and coming on her face and chest. She licks the top of his dick a bit and smears the cum on her face. If this is the sort of business relationships he's building, his balls are going to be aching from all this coming. Yeah, he's going to be um, just... <laughs> I can't even imagine. Uh, sore from the waist down. <laughs> Gloria then tells him that she came here to cheat him out of his commission, but he fucked her so good, it's turned her around. Oh, she's getting the, he's getting the 10% back now. <laughs> she tells him he can keep his commission. She just wants to help and guide him. Everyone's so supportive of this country bumpkin and his magic cock. <laughs> it may, it's strange that he couldn't keep a wife or a job as a dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> We then see Andrew and Gloria leaving a store. Andrew's wearing a new suit. She hands him $100 in advance and notes that he owes her like $300 plus for the clothes that he just got, but he can pay her back when he gets his next commission. We cut to Gloria showing Andrew the shipping department, where we have Miss Johns and Miss Anderson, who we later get introduced to as... Salome Johns, Desiree Cousteau. That's what the Corinthians say. Again Again and and again. again. (laughs) And uh, Tish Anderson, played by Anita Grimes. So Salome... That's the woman that Elon Musk was married to. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh, (laughs) Anita Grimes is a... I love it. That's a great name. Uh, so Salome points out his new suit and complains about all the overstock books they have. Gloria yells at her for not appreciating her job, and Salome says to stop with all this missed stuff. And uh, this is where she tells him to call them Salome and Tish. Andrew introduces himself and takes off his jacket, offering to help them because he doesn't have any appointments right now, so uh, he doesn't mind getting his hands a little dirty. This um, is about the point in the film where I was like, this looks like it was shot in their friend's brewery. <laughs> so it's very close to home. <laughs> yes. Uh, boy. I think once this one's done, we need to start casting around for uh, an adult film. Yes. We'll, uh, we'll do it legitimately. Yeah, yeah, sort of. We just don't want Tyler to end up living on your couch. Yeah. I think is the... <laughs> Just what we're trying to avoid, ultimately. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, I'd like to avoid that. Yeah, he would. Uh, he would just make a mess down there. <laughs> <laughs> so Salome tasks Andrew with moving some books about as Tish is sitting at a typewriter doing some typing. They all exchange some flirty glances with uh, some weird clucky tambourine song that's playing. Oh yeah. Mr. Tambourine Man? Uh, Something like that, but not quite. Okay. Andrew catches his new suit on the corner of a desk and rips it. All been there. 
He says he's going to get a needle and thread, but Salome says that's women's work. Yeah. And uh, says that she'll take care of it. So he follows her uh, to a back room with a locker where she gets out some thread and asks him to give her his pants. He's reluctant at first, and she says she has to sew it from inside, so come on. So he sits on a nearby couch in his undies as she takes his pants. Um, he picks up a book and starts leafing through it, and Salome and him exchange some more glances. Then, Salome unbuttons her shirt to reveal her great breasts. Did you uh, mention this is Desiree Cousteau? Uh, I thought I did, but I maybe can't. I didn't. It's it's okay if you didn't. But there's, it, there's Jameson in the brain, so who knows? Yeah, it is, though. It there's is her. no way to know. It's her. Well, there no, is a way to know. There's a way to know that it's her. There's no way to know if I had said it. Okay, until you listen to it later. <laughs> yes, no and then way, I'll know. There's no verifiable way to say it. But yes, um, this is Desiree Cousteau and her great breasts. She's looking great. She's got like uh, curly hair in this one, and normally yeah. her hair is kind of straight for the yeah, most part. Yeah. Uh, it's a good look for her. I'm into it. She approaches him and pulls down his underwear and starts to blow him. She strokes as she's sucking, and uh, she also licks his balls. I love it. So, second week in a row where we're getting a lot of ball work. The two undress, and we see Tish uh, typing, but she looks around noticing they're gone. Salome sucks Andrew's cock as she's laying on the couch. Then he mounts her missionary, and he fucks her for a bit, and then slides down and starts to lick her clit. He then lays down on the couch, and she starts to ride him cowgirl. We then see Tish get up and slowly make her way towards the back room where the others are. She takes off her glasses as she rounds the corner, seeing what's going on, where Salome is squatting above Andrew's head as he's eating her out. Salome waves Tish towards her, and she gets up and tells Tish to lick and kiss his cock. (laughs) That's what it's all about. Big hard cock. Yeah. Tish is hesitant, and since she's not going to action, Salome says she can't wait, so Salome uh, goes back to working on his cock. Gloria then rounds the corner with another woman, and Salome is on top of Andrew. Gloria blows a whistle, and Salome yells at her for blowing that damn thing. And it apparently scares Tish off the couch or something yeah she falls and hurts herself or something yeah she's dead (laughs) (laughs) gloria says to andrew that she supposes he fucked hathaway too and andrew admits he did salome asks why she cares who fucks who and gloria tells salome she's fired salome says she's just jealous because she got some cock (laughs) gloria says she's gotten all the cock that he can give salome says oh yeah gloria says Not to be fooled by her clothes and proper English. She can fuck a whole arm. Salome says, oh yeah? She says, I drank enough of his nut juice to drown a fucking whale. Yeah, there's there's another line in the middle there that I can't remember that was great. But uh, I only, because I'm writing them analog, I only got I can fuck a whole arm. But (laughs) yeah, there's something about the nut juice and uh, it's just a great fucking beautiful trashy scene. Uh, Gloria says she has that cock under contract and they'll need a whole warehouse to ship all the books. And she says Salome will be in charge, which at this point I'm like, what? 
She just fired her. <laughs> She's getting her back on. You know? Yeah, I guess so, so. It's the kind of abuse tactics you need to run a pyramid scheme successfully. I guess so. That's why I haven't started a pyramid scheme. I it's, don't have the skill set. It seems like a lot of work. I'm not charismatic enough. Yeah. Like, I feel like I have, like, the brain to put it all together. But right. I feel like I was just... You guys know. You listen to me every <laughs> week. And I just you, sound like a slug. You've got an amazing brain. It's just full of brown water. I have an amazing brain that I have purposely hobbled to uh, <laughs> stop myself from starting a cult or pyramid scheme that harms <laughs> hundreds of people. So you're fucking welcome. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. So uh, Salome comes over to comfort Tish, who apparently hurt her neck. And uh, she tells Tish that they'll get somebody to look at it. We then cut to a grocery store that they're in for some reason. Um, it's just it's budget. You know, it's a good production value. Gloria is talking to Luana, the lawyer from earlier. Apparently they know each other. Yeah, that's how, uh, well, that's how he got the job. Because Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's how he got the job was because uh, Luana knew her gotcha so gloria tells luana that she could understand salome fucking him but she was surprised by tish being there too she then points to andrew who's talking to uh the person at the meat counter she says he's gonna end up fucking the meat clerk and getting the chicken for free i don't understand why she's upset she hired him yes she's Pleased with his performance, and too. She's, yeah, she's exploiting him for uh, his, his cocksmithness, his cocksmithery. Yes. Luana tells Gloria that they'll have wine and dinner and they can forget about it, but Gloria then starts to talk to another woman on the phone, Rita. <laughs> we got there. We finally got there. Uh, she tells Rita that she has a salesman that'll change everything for her. She notes Rita likes a little satisfaction, right? On the other end, we see Rita, who's naked in a pile with three guys. She indeed loves a little satisfaction. Gloria tells Rita she's going to come see her, but she's going to, meanwhile, leave Andrew with Luana. Luana seems hesitant. Gloria tells Luana to cook him a nice dinner and let him sleep on the couch. Gloria then tells Luana she can cook him some raw oysters and a kidney saute. Yes. Luana says that she can't cook, but Gloria says, you have a cookbook, right? Luana notes she's never opened it, but Gloria says it's easy and it's full of protein. Plus, he can have a little wine and a little coffee. And she's going to set up an appointment for Andrew and Rita Sondergaard. And she's going to get a carrot cake. Oh, yeah, she is going to get a carrot cake. I love carrot cake. <laughs> it's so good. Gloria then tells Andrew Do you have that... any carrot cake in your fridge that I can eat? No. Why not? Because uh, I don't. There's an Indian dessert that's like a carrot cake like pate. It's so good. <laughs> Do you have any of that? No. So you have nothing like carrot cake at all? No. Oh my god. I'll just keep reading your notes. Just I'll starve over here with no carrot cake pate. 
Gloria tells Andrew that Rita's an attractive woman, so making it with her will be lots of fun. He asks, making what? And Gloria says, the sale, of course. So Gloria leaves, and Luana tells Andrew he's gone a long way with his $4.08. He yells at her for implying that he's a prostitute and says that she's a prostitute herself, though he doesn't really clarify in what sense. Yeah, well... Anyone who exchanges their labor for money as a prostitute is, uh, I think, the argument he's ultimately trying to make. I feel like that's too broad of a qualification to really be meaningful. Yeah, well, it's not a good argument. (laughs) He's a simple country bumpkin. You gotta remember that. Yes. Despite his coxmanship and his apparent sales uh, skills, at the end of the day, he's just... uh, it's a fucking rube from uh, <laughs> Flyover Country. Fair enough. We get some establishing shots and then see Gloria, who's waiting on the back deck of a house. A guy in a suit approaches her and tells her that Miss Sondegard is going to be tied up for another 20 minutes, but Gloria tells him that she can wait. So we follow this guy in the suit back into the house and he starts to undress. We hear Gloria's inner monologue again, and she's excitedly telling herself that she's going to be rich. Inside, though, Rita is blowing two guys, and the guy who just walked in comes in behind her and starts to fuck her from behind. Comes in. (laughs) This goes on for a bit, and we cut back to Gloria celebrating her new wealth in her inner monologue, perhaps a bit early. We see one of the guys inside lay on the couch and Rita's blowing him a bit as the other guys are caressing her. Then she mounts a guy on the floor and starts to ride him while the other two rub her ass and back. Gloria on the deck, meanwhile, is eating like cherry tomatoes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Rita inside is riding cock and calls uh, the other two guys over to lick her vagina and ass after the other guy pulls out. Then, she mounts one guy and has a second one start to fuck her ass from behind, though we don't quite see it happening. We switch positions repeatedly as she's stroking and sucking and getting fucked. Uh, We see the guys finally all come on her more or less simultaneously as she rubs the cum on herself, noting, in fact, that they covered her in cum. Inside another house, we see Andrew waiting on a couch, and then immediately cut back to Gloria, who's sitting outside and sees the three men in suits leave. She goes inside to meet Rita. Gloria tells Rita, let's talk business. We go back to Andrew and see him walking around Luana's house, looking around the dining room table as Luana's messing around in the kitchen. He picks up an oyster and slurps it up. Luana walks in and starts yelling about not being a prostitute. She yells that she doesn't sell her body, and Andrew says she sells her mind, and that's worse. Is it? I I don't don't think so. I I think they're equivalent, more or less. We see Luana in the kitchen mumbling about Gloria making her cook all night. And then she carries a pan into the dining room and lights a candle that also lights the dish itself. The oysters that she dumps into that pan and that sauce look inedible. (laughs) And that's 
not just as someone who can't have oysters because of an allergy. That is a culinary fact. Yes. Yes. Just as surely as the hot lunch restaurant would be shut down for their many health violations, so I know these oysters are not fit for human consumption. (laughs) They make more snide comments back and forth, and as they're yelling at each other, the kidney dish she lit explodes the top off, and they hide on the floor and laugh about it. I told you they weren't edible. That doesn't happen with food you can eat. Yeah, it usually doesn't explode. It's almost like they put a beef and cheddar in the microwave without taking the wrap off. It was a roast beef. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Luana notes that it got all over his pants and she's going to have to clean them. He says no. No, no, no. First Salome, then Hathaway. From now on, he needs to clean his own clothes. Although the order was definitely wrong in that statement of his. Bumpkin. She says, all right, and then apologizes for calling him a prostitute and says, she was wrong about him. I don't know what changed her mind all of a sudden. The food exploded. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a rom-com moment that didn't make any sense. Right. (laughs) He tells her that he and her are both alike, and he touches the side of her face, and she touches his side, and then she leans in. And kisses him as they're laying on the floor. How are they alike? He was living outdoors until a week ago. Right? (laughs) We cut to them on a fur blanket on the floor. Luana's on top of Andrew. We hear his inner monologue for the first time in the movie. And he says some stuff like, look at these boobs. Oh, baby. (laughs) She didn't seem like a woman at first at all. But now she really gets him hard. We see her blowing him, and he says something in his head about loving, yeah, her big tits. He starts to fuck her doggy style, and he keeps talking in his head about wanting to fuck her and loving her smell. They 69 with him on top, which usually isn't the position for guys in these films, but sometimes is, you know. You know, you gotta mix up. Then he mounts her missionary. He fucks her for a while, and he seemingly finishes inside her. We see them cuddling afterwards. She says tomorrow he'll go back with Gloria, and she has a terrible feeling that she'll never see Andrew again. We then cut to Andrew, walking with Luana on the street. Andrew leaves Luana and walks into a restaurant where he is introduced to Rita by Gloria. Andrew, rather than pulling his dick out or something... Tries to do a real sales pitch here with, like, a poster and everything. Yeah. Gloria is urging him to wait to talk to Rita about it until they can uh, talk in private. Yeah. Because she's expecting him to sell her with his dick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, we see Luana sadly walking around alone. Kind of like Seika in the last film we talked about. (laughs) She doesn't have a great theme. No, she doesn't. So I, I don't care. The scene, that that one, right over my head. <laughs> Didn't care about it. Somehow, though, Andrew seems to close the sale with a normal pitch to Rita. It's some insane pitch about just having one book and like a sign above it. <laughs> I, I've never sold an encyclopedia, but it doesn't seem to, I don't know. It's a completely dead sales market. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, at this point, I would never be able to sell one. Right. So then, Andrew gets up and starts to run out of the restaurant, and Gloria tries to stop him, but he tells her he quit. She's confused, but he's no longer interested, and he takes off. We see him running down the street, and he looks through the window of a bar where Luana's sitting at the bar. He walks in, and she sees him, and they start to kiss, and they walk out together, running across the street and getting into his truck, and they take off. We see the truck driving away as we get credits on the screen. Of note, <laughs> in the credits, I notice that catering is credited to Magnolia Thunderpussy. Excellent. Uh, um, but that's basically it. <laughs> that's our hot lunch for the day. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm so full, I might throw up. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll take a quick break, and you can go throw up, and then we'll be back to talk about our thoughts on Hot Lunch. That's why you're not allowed on social media. Being on Twitter just to run the podcast is just fucking wrecked me. <laughs> like, it's not like Facebook. It's like you just see stuff even if you don't want to. Yeah. Just horrible things like retweets, quote tweets, suggested topics, all of that. Yeah, it's weird because I hadn't really been looking at Twitter for a while, and at first when I was scrolling through Twitter, it was basically all stuff posted by people I followed, but as I kept looking at Twitter, it was more and more just random shit, and now it's, like, hard to use. Yeah, like, they, uh, I reacted, I, like, responded to one thing about a superhero movie, and now it just wants to, uh, <laughs> direct me towards talking about, like, Zack Snyder and Ben Affleck Batman films and I'm like there's nothing <laughs> I care less about than the opinion of some just deranged Indian who loves Zack Snyder Batman <laughs> oh well 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 that's how speaking it goes. of deranged opinions it's time for the raincoat review hi <laughs> so uh how do you feel about hot lunch I think it's the most important meal of the day oh yeah <laughs> And, uh, I don't know, I really like this movie. From start to end, uh, I was, I was pretty entertained. It's, uh, it's kind of haphazardly, uh, put together, like, as far as, like, the writing and the plot process, but, right. uh, it, it still remains fun. There's a, there's a definite story there about a, a hard luck fellow. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, who, who finds his man or his woman. Uh, sorry, I was thinking of Kiss. As a hard luck, <laughs> a hard luck woman, baby, till you find your man. But we gotta reverse it, because uh, he gets to just marry a lawyer at the end, which uh, that's pretty tight. Yeah, isn't that what you're going for? Uh, you know, I'm just you know I'm aiming at uh, 
someone who can take care of me. <laughs> <laughs> someone who isn't your mom who can take care of you. Yeah, yeah. She's getting up in the years. She won't be able to do it much longer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, no, I found this one to be uh, pretty enjoyable. I thought John Martin was a, a fun lead to have in this film. Yeah, he's uh someone we haven't we've seen only mostly in bit parts. Right. Um. So it was good to see that he could carry a film if he had to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like seeing uh Desiree Cousteau for a little bit. He just took a real big swig of Jameson. I can see it. Your eyes went fucking popped out of your head like a cartoon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I'd say like the best adjective for it. It's a fun film. I know I, I yeah. say that a lot about that, but I think that's one of the things I like most about pornography is that you leave it feeling pretty good. Yeah. Uh, especially the older films. Uh, not so much with just random internet porn where you feel ashamed and scared. <laughs> and confused. Yeah. Frustrated. Uh, Speaking of which, our Patreon this Friday. <laughs> yeah, Pornhub Roulette number two. The overall like storyline of it is is kind of silly, uh, but it's inconsequential to uh, the greater matter at hand, which is that John Martin has a magic dick. Yes, he does. <laughs> uh, apparently, it wasn't. I don't know. He. He got real down on his luck, and his dick turned his life around, apparently. And before that, maybe his stroke game wasn't as good. Yeah. I feel like maybe we missed some transitional scenes there. Well, you know, sometimes uh, a string of bad luck is enough to mentally change you. Yeah, you just uh, you, know, you got to get that, that, that grind set mode, you know, rise and grind. And that's what he did every day, quite literally. Yeah. Uh, and it took him to the peaks of success, and he walked away once he had someone else who could support him in life. And well, this sounds nice. Uh, no, good performances from John Martin. Uh, Bridget Olson, I think, is a nice. Uh, she does like a good, like bossy, uh, like. Uh, boss it's like a very you know what i mean yeah like a very authoritative commandeering boss uh the dialogue in this movie is pretty funny all throughout <laughs> there's some great comic scenes and some just very surreal stuff like the people just standing around applauding the uh sex scene in the car yeah or uh the guy walking around with the fog machine daring that other <laughs> sex scene. Yeah. Uh, there's three guys pounding that executive. Uh, all that stuff, it just adds up to be a film that I found quite charming all throughout. I would give this one, uh, I'm going to say a 3.5. Okay. I found it to be overall pretty uh, enthralling, interesting romp, little comedy for your uh, little bang for your buck, they they throw a real curveball and starting out with it actually being him being a dishwasher in a place called Hot Lunch. Yeah, but they decided to scrap that almost immediately, <laughs> which uh, I can only applaud for uh, turning him into an encyclopedia salesman. Right. Uh, a great story uh, about a man who's down on his luck who really turns it around, and in the end. Doesn't have to do any work because he gets married to a rich lady. Three and a half stars. Check it out. Awesome. Yeah, I I also enjoyed this movie. Um, I was definitely thrown for a loop when 
the diner only played a role in the first like 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. I definitely assumed that it was going to be all about that diner being the place that people went to have sex and the diner employees were banging all over the place. But uh, yeah. he worked at the diner for all of 15 minutes before he got fired. And I sort of respect him just for that. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, the movie was a fun way to chain together a bunch of sex scenes. Uh, he showed that Sometimes the best way to sell encyclopedias is with your dick, and I can appreciate that, you know? I want to get a job and get fired in a day. <laughs> now, I want to make that a goal. <laughs> I feel like you've you, I could you've definitely... got a good track record of being fired for not behaving well at work. Yeah, I mean, you know, just once. That's, I guess that's enough. I guess. Uh, I don't... I my, mean, my he general, only, yeah, he, all he did was drop a plate. Yeah, and that's kind of fucked up, because I feel like at a restaurant, that's I'm, expected to happen. Yeah, I think I could do it. Yeah. I'm going to get a second job on the weekends, <laughs> and, well, not on the weekends, on the weekend, and get fired. <laughs> God, that sounds like fun. Well, we'll have to work all of that out, but... uh I thought the sex in this movie was pretty good. Um, the sex scenes were fairly short, maybe a little too short. Yeah, there. I did notice that there wasn't like quite a focus on sex compared to story in this one, which makes it kind of like a weird, like almost like sixty forty for story to sex. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is uh, I don't know if it's quite that ratio, but it's a little bit off compared to some of the stuff we cover. Yeah, and uh, I don't. I didn't mind that at all. That gave it the, the little .5 bump. I got gotcha. you. I get to see this man's entire, his rise and fall. <laughs> or his fall and rise. Rags, oh, to, yeah. rags to riches to fucking bitches. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought this was a, a fun story. Uh, overall, I'd give it three stars. It was a, it was a fun little time. Yeah. And, uh, you know. It's something to aspire to, to be the guy who changes your fortunes with your dick. Yeah, that's uh, it's about the best you can hope for anymore in this world. <laughs> it's a dark world that we live in, and uh, that's about the best, yeah, it's about the best outcome. It's a dark world illuminated primarily by dicks. <laughs> yes, it is. So uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report. Patreon.com slash Raincoat Report if you want to uh, support us and help us keep doing this. You also get early access to our episodes, uh, ad-free episodes, and every other week you get a Patreon-exclusive episode. It's two extra episodes a month. Yes, and this Friday we're doing Pornhub Roulette 2. It's uh, a delight, I assure you, and I'm excited to see what Jeremy has ready for me. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what Boss has ready for me. It's fun to go in blind, and uh, we're having a lot of fun. We're doing a lot of different things on the Patreon, trying to keep it uh, varied. Yeah. And uh, delight for you all. Yes. So, uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, consider it. If you have subscribed, thank you. If you won't subscribe, I've got a box cutter in my hand, and I know where you live. <laughs> Uh, well, in the meantime, if you're going to go 
sell some uh, encyclopedias. Don't forget your raincoat. Yeah, because you're going to be outside, dummy. Yeah. Just like hauling a- books around in a briefcase. Like a fucking idiot. 